Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Lots to get to, a jam-packed hour. And don't forget, we do this show live weekdays at 11 a.m. If you ever can't join us live, you can always find us as a podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, all you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we're going to do one of my very favorite things, and that's talk a little high school basketball and local hoops coming up. Uh, Braden Renfro, he runs a company you may have heard of called Era Sports, and they really are doing some good work when it comes to media and photos and video and we've kind of partnered up uh he had a great idea to do an open run really an invite only run of some of the top high school players in the area and mixing in some college guys as well some really good competition and week two of that run was last night we're going to recap that for you and when i think about that kind of stuff watching last night talking about it today i just get excited about the upcoming high school basketball season so we'll do that with Braden in segment one later in the hour it's Wednesday so Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times will join we've got IU football to get ready for this week against Idaho uh, not as exciting as a Big Ten game like Illinois in week one but this is a game Indiana needs to win and Indiana needs to win convincingly as they move on to tougher games in the schedule later in the show we'll be joined by Josh Cook sports editor of the News and Tribune Josh always checks in on Wednesday for an update on high school football. We'll reset where the season is at, and it's hard to believe, as I said yesterday, we're headed into week four. We are almost to the halfway point of the regular season, and that is absolutely crazy. But some big games this week. We're beginning to figure out the area uh, this season. Charlestown at the top of the pack when it comes to local high school football. So we'll discuss that. Uh, some other baseball stuff I want to briefly get into with Josh from a local perspective as well. And uh, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will be with us a little bit later in the hour. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals which are being offered you can dine in take them to go and curbside service is still available as well at honey baked ham in new albany don't forget the thornton's text line is open the text line is the best way to communicate with me during the show if you've got a question a comment an opinion iu football iu basketball recruiting high school football whatever it may be text us 502-414-1450 again 502-414-1450 and 
844-444-1450. That's the Thornton's text line, and it's still Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. You can also earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, it's no problem. You can text the word REWARDS to 80313 today. That is 80313 today. Let's get right to it. Braden Renfro of Era Sports is on the line to talk a little bit about this invite-only open run that we had last night. Some of the very best high school players in the area were in attendance, and there were some really big names, former really good players in our area that joined in to kind of help raise the level of competition even further. Braden, I don't know about you, but watching the action last night uh, has me even more excited about high school hoops in our area a few months from now. Yes, November can't get here soon enough, Matt. No, no question about it. First, uh, I, I know these open runs are invite only. There's not a ton of structure to them. Uh, you've kind of made sure that the best of the best are able to get in and that it's not just a random run at a park. Uh, no referees. Again, not a lot of structure. Uh, what are you looking to get out of this as far as uh, bettering some of these players for the upcoming season? And I'm sure seeing them go against the best out there in, as far as competition goes in the area. Yeah, our goal is you know, a lot of these guys are just coming off the – the summer AAU circuits. Um, they're probably going into their um, low contact school ball, but I really want to get the best of the best together, you know, so that they can play um, on a nice gym at night with the best competition. Like you talk about, we had some great older guys there. The whole point, uh, Matt, when you and I talked about this was uh, these older guys coming in and maybe giving some tips, maybe some mental toughness ideas for these high school players, because, you know, you're talking 60, 70, 80 days before they're on the court playing um, school ball. Yeah, no question. Talking with Braden Renfro, he's with Era Sports. You can look him up on social media and also visit the website erasports.biz for photos, videos, all sorts of media options. And he's already got some great content from last night's run. And let's start there before we talk about some of the high school players in attendance. Uh, some of the old heads in the area that came back last night, Antonio Ballard, former Jeffersonville player. He graduated from the Red Devils program in 2006. I've got a little piece coming out on him here in the next few days. He told me last night this will be year 12 of European professional basketball for him. Hoops has literally taken him all over the world. And even at his age, and I know he's still young, but at his age, basketball years, he's still really good, and he helped set the tone last night. Yeah, he was very vocal. Um, he was nicely yelling at some of the players on uh, how to move the ball, how to see the court, how to do um, what they're doing better. And like I told you, couple of minutes ago that was the whole purpose of these open runs was these old heads like you called them coming in and helping the younger guys so that maybe this season they can put some of those um, tips into motion uh, we also had like you said Daryl Baker was there um, we had Seth Birch was a great 4A player for Floyd Central and um, Peter Suter from Bellarmine um, so those guys coming in and, and just giving these high school players some uh, tips and tricks was was really fun to watch 
All right, there were some great high school players in attendance last night. One of them I want to talk about is a family member of yours, your younger brother, Joshua Renfro. And I know that you will probably uh, deflect any of, 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 of the praise for him, but uh, he was outstanding last night, a great shooter. And I tell you what, Hayden Casey, uh, the coach at Christian Academy, has to be uh, excited about having Renfro back as a sophomore. He was competing against some bigger guys, some older guys, and still finding a way to get that shot through the net. Yeah, I told him on uh... – on the phone call last night, I said the biggest compliment of the night for you should have been when Daryl Baker had to start guarding you because he's a great defender and a great player and uh, a great basketball mind. So, Braden Renfro, go ahead, Braden. We also had some. I was going to say we also had some other great players in the area for high school. We had uh, Michael Cooper, who's going to be a sophomore. Jeff, who had a great freshman season. Uh, we had. Uh, I'm just trying to look here. We also had um, Caleb Washington from Floyd Central play. Uh, we had Jake Cherry from Eastern Peak and a 6'11", just forced down low with a great 15-footer, and it was uh, fun to watch all those guys compete. Yeah, some really good talent in the gym last night, uh, both high school and beyond. I know the first few weeks you've been able to mix in a couple current college players, and one of those guys that was super impressive last night, he's not from southern Indiana, uh, but he is from Indiana. He uh, had a lot of success at Carmel. We know the the great Carmel basketball program in our state, and he's at Bellarmine now, and that's Peter Suter. Uh, he was MVP of the run in week one and was really solid again last night. It's clear that he's got a bright future ahead of him over in Louisville playing for Scotty Davenport at Bellarmine. Absolutely, and he is a you know state title state title winner as well, so he's been through some battles. So fun watching him uh, teach these guys some lessons. All right, uh, Braden Renfro, we're talking about uh, this invite-only run last night, giving you a little sneak peek into some of the basketball that, that really, I think, helps setting the tone uh, for the upcoming season. Braden, how long will this last? I know there are some things you've got to follow as far as when practices begin and when the official season in Indiana arrives, but there still are going to be some future weeks of getting these top players together, and I know you've kind of made it competitive. Just because you're there in one of the early weeks doesn't mean that you'll be there uh, in future weeks. You're keeping it really competitive for the guys. Uh, how much longer do you have with this 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 season before the actual practices begin yeah practices uh begin i'm pretty sure november 8th so we'll go we'll try to butt up right next to that but i want these guys to get as much um you know playing in as they can so we might we might have four or five weeks left and it, like you said it is you know if you come and you don't perform to the level of an elite open gym you might not get asked back or you might get a call to say hey who else can you bring because you played unreal we want we want that type of people to come play for us yeah really good stuff last night uh Braden Renfro joining us from Air Sports Braden tell us a little bit about what you do um uh, great content if you follow ERA on social media from some of the high school football games that we talk about and we cover here on the Big X and uh, you're putting out some really good stuff for the area yeah we just we want to provide um high high-quality content for athletes at, from at the high school level, um, the collegiate level, and even professional level. We've been blessed to shoot some amazing events this year um, with some pro players, some college players, and even high school players. We do offer recruiting packages um, where we'll come film your games and upload those, but we also just love going to these football events and just covering them and getting these players seen. Um, maybe some players that would never be able 
to, you know, get looks from college coaches that follow you or myself when we repost this and they get to see it. Um, and as far as these runs go, every week we'll upload about a five-minute video of every point that was scored so you can watch it really fast and, and see all this great talent. Yeah, a lot of fun. Braden Renfro, Air Sports. Braden, thanks for the chat today. Already looking forward to another week of the invite-only run, and I'm sure we'll see some more great basketball here in future weeks and have you back on to talk about it. Appreciate it, Matt. All right, Braden Renfro with us. One other player from last night I want to mention as well, T.J. Proctor. He played at Christian Academy, uh, played a season at IU Southeast, and really at this time, he told me last night, doesn't have a college home for this coming season and is unsure of his plans, but he was really good last night uh, playing some high-level basketball against better players, both high school and uh, former players in the area as well. He stood out uh, last night as well. Lots of good high school guys there. Braden touched on some of the guys that had solid nights. There'll be some additional guys there in future weeks, and we'll tell you more about this as uh, it grows and the season nears closer. Uh, for me, it's really been, I think, and it will be a good gauge for what to expect from some of the top high school players here in the area for the upcoming year. It's hard to believe, again, high school football, the regular season, almost halfway over, which means the basketball season uh, really is not that far away. Braden Renfro with us here in this opening segment. One other note here in segment number one, I did want to mention this. Uh, big news uh, recruiting-wise for Indiana, five-star 2024 center Derek Queen. He plays down at Montverde Academy. You know, Indiana's had some success bringing in some players, getting some commitments from Montverde. They've got two in the current freshman class right now uh, on campus in Bloomington. But he has scheduled an official visit to Indiana for September 24th, 25th, and 26th. Uh, Queen is a top 10 national ranked player. He's the number one center in the class, according to 247 Sports, and is someone to really watch. He's got all sorts of schools after him. And uh, definitely the fact Indiana able to land one of his five junior year official visits, that's a big deal. So Derek Queen, a guy that we spoke a lot about here on this program during the month of July, he has set an official visit for Indiana coming up a little bit later in the month. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times will join. We've got IU football to get to. We'll talk about the Idaho game coming up on Saturday, and we'll get into some basketball stuff as well with Dustin. Also ahead, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, still ahead here on this Wednesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison. 
And we're back on this Wednesday show. The Thornton's text line always open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times is with me in this segment. We'll talk some IU football and get into some basketball later on as well. Dustin, Indiana football, they did what they needed to do on Friday. It wasn't always pretty. I think there definitely are some concerns about this team, but they got a much-needed win against a Big Ten foe in game number one, and they move on to week two, a very winnable game coming up against Idaho. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think uh, uh, Tom Allen said sort of after the game, he had this look on his face like, look, I know you guys are going to tell me everything that was wrong about this, but I think you need to take a step back and realize how big a win uh, this is, uh, basically. Just the, the fact of what it means to get a Big Ten win when you win a whole season without one. Um, and when you had just that drastic of a disappointment in 2021, it would have missed the mark by that much. Uh, you know, it was, it was one of those things that could, if, if this can, if this were to continue, if they were continue losing to start a new season, uh, and, and lose a winnable Big Ten game right out of the gate, um, you could easily just feel like all of that was for nothing. Um, and that could have just, uh, set things, things back. And basically, if he said, look, I, I didn't want to say it necessarily out loud, but I knew how big of a deal this was, and so I'm going to celebrate it like it was a big deal. And you know, I mean, it just you know, this this puts us in a great shape, good position of being able to be one and zero. Um, and all of those mistakes and everything you want to point out, it's like it's a lot better to uh, be able to do that when you want to know as opposed to being zero and one. Um, so yeah, yeah, just very very important. That I think I, I mean I think as far as you look at the schedule, um, they're kind of on a razor's edge. I mean, I think if they're going to be a bowl team, I think they have to win every single winnable game, and Illinois was one of those. Um, it's a really big deal to get out to a good start, and then you get Idaho and Western Kentucky in a couple games that you should be able to, uh, you know, correct some things. Basically, I mean, especially Idaho, you should be able to dominate them, um, and that should just give you some opportunities to get some guys some playing time. Uh, you know, get get some, you know, get the offensive line a feel of what it's like to, to you know, to, to dominate somebody, to maul somebody, um, and hope, you know, in that case, hope you're putting yourself in a better position. But still, yeah, really, really big win. But obviously, again, uh, as mentioned, a, a lot of things that you can look at and say that's that's Talking with Dustin Dopirak, the Bloomington Herald Times. Question for you, is the offensive line the biggest concern you see with this football team? And along those lines, how does Indiana recover its offensive line, recover from the season loss of Matthew Bedford, who's out with a torn ACL? Yeah, no, I mean, it's certainly, just, especially with Bedford being out, it's even a bigger deal. Um, I think, um, you know, Walt Bell, uh, you know, gave an explanation for it on, on Monday saying, hey, you know, we had a sense that we weren't going to be able to run the football because however many, you know, hats we had in the box, Illinois was going to put one more. Obviously, you know, the difference between offense and defense being what it is, there's always the ball carriers, so the defense will always have more hats to can put in the box than blockers, uh, you know, just by, by definition there. Um, so his point was, like, they, they were just devoted to make sure we didn't run the ball well, so we were going to have to beat them through the air, and ultimately they did. Um, and But it was just like he said, basically, we had to poke the bear enough times to show that we would try um, and that we weren't going to throw the ball every single time. Um, so, you know, that, that's why we did that, but we went in knowing we were going to have a bad running number. That, that was sort of, you know, aware, you know, Walt Bell's big in military history, and it's basically saying, like, you know, that there's one regiment that's going to have this, a really bad day, um, and the offensive line was, was that regiment for this group. So this, that, that you know, I, I think, and I went back and watched some tape, and that is true to an extent. That being said, they lost a lot of just one-on-ones. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you still should be winning a, a lot more one-on-one blocks. I mean, even if they're matching you hat for hat, 
um, you should be able to, to block the guy uh, at some point, basically. I mean, it's one thing when the unblocked guy is always the one beating you, um, but when guys that are supposed to be blocked, you know, shed their blocks, so that's when you have an issue, and they did. Uh, it, it wasn't just a scenario of there was always one uncovered guy and he was making the play every time. Um, you know, they, they were losing one-on-one battles, and, and I guess in some ways they were overloaded. And it's tougher to do that. You know, when you're not going to double-team anybody, um, but ultimately, you know, they were losing a lot of one-on-one battles. So it was definitely the biggest issue. Um, and you know, Bedford being lost is is massive. I mean, he's the most experienced guy. He's probably the best leader. He's probably the most overall talented guy. I mean, obviously, I, I don't know that you've seen something from him that tells you, man, that's just a big, all Big Ten quality offensive tackle. Um, I don't know that you've seen uh, enough of that from him, um, you know, sort of consistently, but also I still would say he's the most talented guy they had. Um, and so then you go from him to a Division two transfer uh, in Parker Hanna, and that's going to be the guy for now. Um, it's his job, and he would have to lose it. Um, basically, the guy behind him is Josh Sales. Uh, I think Sales is a true sophomore, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it might be a, a redshirt sophomore. Um Maybe a retro freshman. I can't remember what the classes anymore. But all of a sudden, it's a guy they think is pretty talented. Uh, he's the backup of both left and right tackle at this point. Um, but they're going to stick with Hannah to start with. I don't think he had a bad game necessarily. Um, but it's a downgrade. Um, it's it's a pretty significant downgrade going from your best lineman to a Division two transfer. So um, you know they're, they're just going to need a lot's going to have to go right. I mean, and, and I you know again, there's there's not a magic. Um, Back there, so there's not there's not like a secret weapon in that offensive line room that, that they're not playing, and they're just waiting for the right time to bust it out. I mean, they, they've you know they put their best five guys out there. One of their best five guys got hurt, arguably their best guy, um, and they just have to find a way to you know uh, get better without him. But uh, but it's a significant loss, and there's you know it, there, there's not a great mitigation for that. Connor Basilak, uh, Dustin, made his debut as the starting quarterback Friday night for Indiana. You've seen a lot of IU football over the years now for many seasons. Compare, contrast him to recent IU quarterbacks, how he maybe is different in some ways and the same in others. Yeah, no, I mean, he's you know got a pretty good arm. I mean, I wouldn't put him in the Nate Bell class uh, there. I mean, I think obviously – you know, when, when people think of Sudfeld now as he's a backup quarterback, they, they see less of that. But I, mean, I remember, especially just when he's all on campus, uh, thinking you know, Sudfeld could really just make every throw on the board. You know, basically that there was, you know, that there was a lot of arm strength there. There was a lot of ability to hit the out route, to hit the deep ball. And it just, just seemed like wherever you wanted to put it, he could do it and, and, and get some zip on it and get it there and put touch on it and everything. Just, just, he just threw the ball the way that you wanted a quarterback to throw the ball. Um, and I don't necessarily see quite that. With baseline, but he can he can go up top, um, and I think um, a big thing, and, and this really stuck with me. This is one of those lines every once in a while that you hear it, and you're like, okay, you know, and you keep looking back into it. And I was like, you know, that's actually pretty good analysis, you know, really really good analysis there, and and, and I can see how it makes a difference. Uh, you know, Tom Allen just talked about him throwing a catchable ball. I mean, I think um, you know you watch baseline, and he's a little bit bigger, like two twenty four. He's you know bigger than you. Know, Tuttle made a point of. of getting a little bit skinny and a base like still kind of a little bit round faced. He reminds you basically of like when you were playing football in the neighborhood, when you were a kid, you know, like you got that kid that was like three or four grades older, uh, to be your all time quarterback. And you, you know, he'd be like in sixth grade and you'd be in third. You're like, come on, man, come play football with us. And you'll be all time quarterback, you know? And he just somehow puts it for both of you exactly where you need it. That's what Connor Bay's like reminds me of. He just, he, he, it looks simple to him that way. It looks like it's a little playground. Um, and, but like, he doesn't necessarily just blow you away with the arm strength, but the ball is where it needs to be, um, more or less. And I think that's, that that's really important. It's, it's one of those, I mean, it's tangible, I guess you could say. Um, but it, it's, you know, kind of hard to put, you know, a, 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 it, it's hard to quantify. 
Um, but, you know, I mean, you look at the ball that he threw up to Matthews. I mean, that was just, was just right up there for him to run under it. There was just a lot of other his better passes. It's not like they're Rockets necessarily, but they are where they need to be, and they are, they are where only their guy can catch it. Um, and he did a really good job, I think, connecting. Um, I, I thought it was just a big deal that he he's identified his playmakers. He's identified the guys that he trusts already. Um, you know, even though he's new and a bunch of them are new, and it's a big, huge rotation that they're going to be using. He already knows when it comes down to it. He, like there are two guys that he really, really trusts to get the football. Uh, they are Cam Camper and DJ Matthews, and he's figured that out already. And he, you know, is going to look for those guys when he needs a playmate. So I think all that's interesting. Um, so he. You know, I, I, like he's got less, certainly less mobility than Penix. He's got less raw arm strength uh, than Penix does. I think he probably has a little bit more maybe than Peyton Ramsey. Um, although I didn't, you know, really watch him up close, and I think he's got maybe a little bit more juice to him, uh, you know, than Tuttle. Um, and I'm trying to think of guys before him. But you know, I mean, I, I think there's Ben Chapel there, honestly. Uh, if, if, if there's one guy that I can think of, uh, he's probably maybe a touch more athletic, maybe a little bit more arm strength. Um, there, but you know, just in, in that sense, a bigger guy, not necessarily mobile, but you know, is is just a guy that you trust to find, you know, get the ball where his playmakers need it, uh, be able to hit the deep ball if he has to, and you know, um, you know, move the ball around. Um, there's there, there's some Ben Chapel there, and I and and that's not a bad thing. I mean, Chapel had a terrific senior year, um, so you know, uh, it, it might be a slightly enhanced version of him athletically. Um, but, you know, I think if there's one guy that I can think of of all the Indiana quarterbacks, if I've got to pick one um, that I've watched that I can think I can most, that, that he's closest to for me, it's Ben Chappell. All right, Dustin Dopirak with some great stuff on IU football. Uh, the Hoosiers now get ready for week two in Idaho. This is one of those games, a non-conference game, uh, two totally different levels of football programs here. So the goal when you have this on your schedule, a game like this, is to win, to win big, to build momentum for tougher games in future weeks, and obviously to not get injuries. That's a big deal. Just yeah. look at week one and some of the scary moments Indiana had there. Uh, this is a game Indiana Indiana's favored big. They should win big, but you look at Idaho's performance against Washington State, and I don't know a lot about Washington State, but they are a bigger school. They were able to keep it reasonably close. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a little bit concerning. It makes you think that they're going to be at least a little bit uh, more competitive than they were a year ago, but, you know, I think you look back and you see a team that went 2-10 and 10 a year ago was able to put it to them now. I mean, obviously, I think they took advantage of turnovers, kick returns, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. And I, I remember, you know, we, we were, everybody was talking about like, okay, what's, what's, how's Michael Penix going to react to a bad um, performance against Iowa in week one? Is that just a case of Iowa being that good? And some, in, to some level it was, because I think, you know, Iowa led uh, the nation in interceptions by, you know, if I recall, because a pretty wide, wide margin. Um, but is, you know, what is Michael Penix? And basically it seemed like he didn't really, wasn't out there long enough to really know because they had so many short fields. Um, or just, you know, just drives that just didn't happen. So, um, you know, it could be a little bit more dangerous this time, even though it, it should be a better football team uh, than Indiana trots out there. Um, and, and, you know, Idaho could be better. And, and I think uh, I'm trying to even think of what Idaho's situation was in 2020, uh, as the FCS obviously had a, a weird state of affairs in 2020 because a lot of that, a lot of them played their games uh, in the spring. And I think they might have had to, you know, have a turnaround from, you know, May to September or whatever, so they actually got a, a reasonable amount of recovery this year. Uh, so they might be a little more dangerous, but all of a sudden, they, all the same, it is a game that they should win and win handily and, and be able to do similar things to what they did last season. 
Dustin, you mentioned that Indiana's got to win the games that they're favored to win on their schedule uh, to have any hope at bowl eligibility. Obviously, the Idaho game is one of those games. But, you know, even looking ahead, Western Kentucky and Cincinnati, before Indiana returns to Big Ten play with Nebraska, Michigan, Maryland, and, of course, all Big Ten games the rest of the way. I mean, Western Kentucky's been playing good football, and we know Cincinnati's good. Just look at last season and what they were able to accomplish as a program. So Indiana, obviously, Idaho, Western Kentucky, Kentucky the favorites but the Cincinnati game will sure be tough and uh, there's no guarantees for this team uh, in some of these future weeks I think specifically about that Western Kentucky game almost as kind of a trap game for Indiana no certainly and and the one thing is that they won't be trapped because they've dealt with them before it's new guys um, you know, it's not that same group that was there last year with Bailey Zapp and all those wide receivers. Um, but they've got some talented dudes, one of which I'm just being reminded, Western uh, Davion Irvin Poindexter, uh, the walk-on, is there, um, who was who was, there, who was with Indiana last season, rushed for nine, uh, carries 42 yards and a touchdown, so they obviously know him. Uh, you know, Austin Reed, their quarterback, threw for three touchdowns against Hawaii. Um, you know, this 49-17 win they had, uh, you know, a I don't know, early Sunday morning. I don't know. I don't know when this game happened. It's a why he was probably kicked off at midnight Eastern or something. Um, but all the same, they've got some talented guys. Uh, I'm sure they're going to play similar tempo. I do think their coordinator left after one year because he's just an obscenely talented, high tempo guy that they got from Houston Baptist. His name escapes me, but I just remember he was just, you know, it was crazy space age stats that they had last year. Um, so, you know, they're not going to be easy, and, and, and I think Indiana's aware of that now. I think one good thing is they've been playing tempo themselves, uh, so that's forced the defense into more temp- tempo scenarios. And, you know, I think um, a significant development this week, I think Zach Austin's going to touch a little bit this on the story later this week, and they used, Indiana used a lot of guys on defense, and that's a thing. Like, that, that is something to be noticed. Uh, you know, it was, it was a lot of shifts, a lot of moving back and forth, a lot of keeping guys fresh. Uh, even in a Big Ten game, they didn't go out there and say, okay, you know, we're going to, you know, just trust our best 11 to play 90. I mean, they probably played 35 guys uh, on defense, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, they had full rotations everywhere, guys moving around. Uh, you know, a lot of switching up in the secondary, even, you know, which is a place where you don't always have it as much. But I mean, I know they were, you know, they did, they did full shifts when it came to the secondary. You saw second team safeties and even third team safeties out there. Uh, you know, second team corners, you know, even moving golf, guys like Taiwan Mullen out of there and getting, uh, you know, playing time for other guys. You know, they, they you know, definitely played all of their, uh, their second team linebackers a lot and Brad Jennings and Jerry Casey. So um, my, my point is that has them better equipped uh, for a tempo team. Um, they're, they're not going to be gassed because it's not going to be the same guys. You know, they're, they're going to make sure guys get a rest. I think that they, they trust the depth of this team uh, a lot more than they have. And, it, and, if, and, and obviously a big deal is making sure it can stay healthy because last year's group, um, I think they might have thought they could trust, uh, you know, their second unit a lot more, but their second unit got ravaged. You know, there, then there were uh, guys who were getting hurt in practice that we weren't even hearing about, but then you'd get to, you know, when it should have been their time in the rotation, we were like, well, whatever happened to that guy? It was like, whatever happened to Bryson Bonds? You know, why is he playing safe? It was like, well, he's been, been injured since September. Um, and they had, you know, situations like that last year that really cut in their depth. And so far, they don't have that. I mean, the only significant guy that was out, I think, on defense was James Head um, on de- at defensive end. And other than that, they were they felt pretty good about the um, you know rotations they were able to have and put in there, put the Sama call out there in a bunch of different positions. Um, they they feel they feel really good about their two deep, and I think they even in some situations feel good about their three deep. Uh, so Western Kentucky, they're they're better equipped for that when they were when they were a year ago because there was times that defense was gassed. 
talking to Dustin Dopirak. He covers IU football and basketball for the Bloomington Herald Times and joins us Wednesdays on the program. Uh, one other football note before we get to basketball, Desan McCullough from the week one game on Friday. I thought he was a real bright spot, an intriguing player for Indiana. He can do a little bit of everything, I think, for this team, and he really uh, stood out for the Hoosiers in that win over Illinois. Yeah, no, I mean, he's a terrific athlete, and they were being trying to play a little bit coy about how they were going to use him, you know, what positions he was going to play and all that kind of thing. Um, but you had a sense that they were going to be creative, that, that they could be, because, I mean, he played, you know, he told me, um, you know, before he signed, basically, that he played every single position except for defensive tackle in high school at some point in time or another. He's an edge guy. Uh, he, you know, played just about every linebacker spot you could play, but he also played corner and safety because, I mean, he's just such a good athlete. He's lean, you know, 6'5", 230. Um, you know, it just, he's built like a wide receiver, basically. Um, but you, you could, but like on defense, you can move that over and play it in a bunch of different spots. Just super intelligent kid. I mean, you talk to him, and he comes off he's like he's thirty. Honestly, he's got this really deep baritone voice. Um, but he's really smart. Yeah, like just really, really intelligent. Obviously, has been around football his entire life. You know, with his dad. Um, you know, so he's been around X's and O's. He knows these knows these guys. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't even realize this until I was doing writing writing up about it yesterday. But like Casey Teagarden was a uh, you know graduate assistant from 2014 uh, to 2016 at IU, and you know Desan was like 11 at that point. Um, basically, but he was and he was hanging around the program because his dad was part of that staff then. Um, so he knows these guys. He goes back with them uh, a long, long ways, um, and he connects to them. And it's it's an easier relationship. Um, you know, he's not looking. You know, he's not doesn't have that kind of initial fear that you have with a new coach. Um, it's sort of like this. You know, I, I wrote about it yesterday. It's almost like these are like he's like, it's like he's playing for his uncle in a manner of speaking. Um, so he's just very comfortable um, from, you know, just it with, you know, mentally with what he's doing, um, you know, with the team he's around. And he seems happy to be at IU. I mean, a lot of people, you know, his presumption was when, when uh, you know, his dad, when his father, Dylan went to Notre Dame to be the running backs coach there. I was like, okay, well, obviously, you know, just on that whole family to be in, 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 you know, golden blue in a minute here, right? Um, and I talked to this on yesterday. It's like, I never even thought about it. He, he says, I, I didn't, you know, he's like, I love my dad, but I didn't commit here for my dad, I could admit it here for me. Uh, this is, you know, I, I like what Tom Allen does with this program. This fits me. This is where I want to be. Um, so it's really, I'm happy for my dad, but that's not where I'm going. Um, and so, you know, I mean, who knows if that's still going to be the case in a year or two years, you know, especially if Notre Dame goes out and goes 10 and two or whatever, or makes the playoff or something. Um, you know, obviously they lost to Ohio state, but if, you know, if that's what's happening for Notre Dame, obviously it's totally possible. The song could be like, eh, maybe I want to do that. Uh, if I, you go six and six, um, but he might stay, and I, I think he has a very he has a connection to Bloomington um, and to these guys, and so you know, he seems to be happy with the defensive scheme, with, with the, all the hybrid positions, they, you know, where it allows him to move around, um, and he seems happy with that. So he's he got a chance to be very very effective for this defense. Um, you know, he said, you know, I feel like I can do the missing piece. He can move me around based on matchups. Sometimes I can go cover somebody. Sometimes I can pass rush. He's like, I'm good for that. I love that idea. And, and for him to say that as a true freshman and be comfortable um, with that level of, of motion um, and, and, you know, week-to-week change uh, says a lot about him. That takes a lot of maturity, and he seems to have it. 
All right, Dustin Dopirak, a couple quick basketball items. Indiana's going to get an official visit from Derek Queen. He's a top 10 uh, overall player in 2024. He's the number one center in the class. Big news is Indiana tries to make a move on another Montverde Academy player from down in Florida, and they've had some success there recently, and now back involved and seemingly in fairly good shape with a, a top player in the uh, junior class right now. No, absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, you know, one thing's tough, I think he's a Maryland kid, you know, um, born and raised, you know, before he got out to Montverde. Uh, so Maryland all of a sudden is obviously picking up a lot of steam, and I've obviously lost a couple uh, matchups there already. Um, so that's that's one they're going to have to fight for. I think we might be the favorite, or Maryland might be the favorite there. But, uh, you know, just keeping their hooks in Montverde is, is a big deal because that's clearly the preeminent program in the country right now. And, they, and, and you know, Jalen Hochefino and Malik Reynos, um, uh, success is going to be really important uh, for them going forward and sticking in there. But I mean, they were—they've been after Queen for a long time. I—I I, uh, got to watch him a little bit uh, at an event uh, up at Westfield this summer. Um, I can't remember if they're, I think he's with an Under Armour team. Uh, really great touch, uh, you know, just um, really good footwork for a big man. He's got a little bit of baby fat on him, and he's still got to, you know, just kind of. Uh, Turn a lot of his body into muscle, but you know, just got one of those bigs with just just soft feet. You know, nice touch around the rim. You know, just a, a bunch of you know pretty good moves. Um, could be just a, a really really valuable you know big body post guy. Uh, you know, down the road a little bit. And I'm sure Montford will, will you know take him like add add something to him physically and kind of get him you know a little bit more cut up. Um, but he would be a, a huge addition. Just uh, again, this big body, one of those guys that's really good at sort of sealing you off and, and making sure that he gets his shot uh, around the rim. And, and you know, just because of that size, makes a lot of things look easy. Um, so I think that that you know, it just would, would be a massive get. It's really important to get him on campus. Um, you know, even especially with this, these Mudvert kids, it's every visit still matters. And even if you don't get the kid, I think just keeping that. Uh, momentum going, keeping that positive discussion in the program around Indiana uh, is really important just because, you know, kids talk uh, a lot. And so even if, um, you know, one guy thinks it's not a fit or, or, or from a family standpoint, if it not being close enough to home or whatever, um, you know, even if they don't end up going there, basically the, the more kids that they can get on campus from the Montverds and the IMGs and, and places like that, you know, the better, better off they are. All right, Dustin Dopirak. Dustin, as we head to break, I've got to ask real quick. Uh, LeBron James's son, Bronny, uh, recently at Ohio State for a visit. He was there for the big Notre Dame game on Saturday night. Uh, do we see Bronny James uh, at Ohio State in the Big Ten here soon? I mean, I think it could happen. I think, um, you know, it, it seemed like, you know, LeBron has always been, it seems like I'm not an Ohio State fan. I mean, it seems like whenever he's at least talking college sports, uh, on the Twitters, he's usually talking about Ohio State football and, and, and Ohio State basketball. And I think there's a good chance if, if LeBron had been, you know, if, if the one-and-done rule had been instated um, before, um, you know, when, when LeBron was looking to, you know, was, was graduating high school, and uh, if, there, if there were no other options, if he had to take the same role that, you know, the, the Kevin, you know, the, he had, if he had the same options that Kevin Durant did, uh, I think LeBron probably picks Ohio State. So I think, uh, you know, that, that puts Bronny in, in good shape there. Um, it, 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 it's a place that he'd be interested in. I think they still kind of consider Ohio to be home to some extent, even though they're obviously living in California now, and it seems like they love it. Um, you know, I mean, and I'm and I'm saying this just from what I see on ESPN. It's not like me and the chances are tight or anything. Um, but uh, I, I I could see that, and and I think 
you know, he he might be a good fit. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, LeBron, he's obviously not his dad. You know, he, he's not that, um, you know, like generational talent. But he can play, and he can be valuable. And by by the accounts I've seen, he's the sort of kid that does a lot of little things well. Um, and, and, you know, is, is a guy that's going to go get a rebound for you and defend for you and, you know, make the right pass and stuff like that. And obviously he has that, he's athletic. He's not necessarily a guy that's going to score. You know, he's not going to score 40, 50 a game at will like his dad can. Um but he'll get you buckets, uh, and so I, I think he like I think the Big Ten fits him. Um, that's sort of my initial read, and, and obviously I haven't broken every all of that down. Um, but I, I think he's the type of guy that uh, I, I think he's grittier than you would think. Um, you know that that's sort of my read on him, and I, I think that's something that, that would fit Big Ten basketball. Um, so you know that's I think they got a crack at it. I, I think they 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 certainly got a shot at. It. I don't know. If, I'm sure there's going to be other things in play. You know, I don't know if there's going to be some kind of you know, G League opportunity for him or, or whatever, or something that's going to consider or whatever. But, you know, if he's going to go play college ball, um, then I, I think, yeah, Ohio State's certainly a possibility. All right, Dustin Dopirak with us Wednesdays on the program. Dustin, as always, enjoyed it. Thanks for the insight. We'll talk with you next week. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. All right, Dustin Dopirak with us. We'll head to a quick break. We're back to talk local sports with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Wednesday program. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is always with the Wednesdays. We talk through some of the local sports headlines. And, Josh, high school football continues to be front and center. Charlestown, they had a closer game than than expected in the first half uh, against Clarksville. So kudos to the generals there. But uh, they're now 3-0 and and headed to a big matchup with also undefeated North Harrison on Friday night. And I think that's where we should begin our conversation today. Oh yeah, definitely, uh, definitely the big game of the week. Uh, you know, it, this is. Uh, I think we said the the Brownstown game was uh, the uh, Mid Southern Conference Championship. Well, that that was part one of the Mid Southern Conference Championship, and I think this is part two of the Mid Southern Conference Championship for uh, for Charlestown. You know, it'll be uh, it'll be a big game. Uh, like you said, both teams are undefeated, and uh, you know, North Harrison um, they've got a really good running back and. You know the way they they play, they they just run the ball and just try to control the clock, and just try to eat up the clock. So you know, if they can do that, you know, they it, I think it can be a very very close game. Uh, you know, the longer they uh, are on the field, the longer Charleston's offense is off the field, and uh, you know that's a plus for for them. So you know, I, I think I still think Charleston will win, but I think this can be a very very close and competitive game, especially if. Uh, especially if North Harrison is able to just run the ball and eat the clock up. So, you know, it, it's uh, it'll be an exciting exciting one out there. I'm sure it'll be a big crowd. So, uh, you know, that'll be, a, that'll be a big one on Friday night. Also gearing up for the town championship game in Clarksville on Friday night. That's always a fun one. Providence and the Generals. 
Providence has looked impressive, 2-0 with some competitive games against two Kentucky schools. Both of them have been wins. Uh, Clarksville, on the other hand, they've played some good football. They've only won one of three games, uh, but they have some prolific uh, players, especially Robert Lamar, who are capable for just single-handedly taking over a game. What do you expect in that one on Friday? Could that be another nip-and-tuck game for the Pioneers? Yeah, I think so. I think it will be a close game. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, Clarksville won this game two years ago, I believe, 20-16 to 16 maybe, and then Providence. Uh, Providence had some real success throwing the ball against the Generals last year at Clarksville, so we'll see if, they, uh, if they're if they able to do that again. And um, uh, I think they won maybe 47-36, uh, something like that last year. But uh, we'll see if Providence is able to throw the ball like they did last year against Clarksville. Um if so, you know, I think they can have success. But, but yeah, Clarksville, uh, one and two, but I don't think their their record, obviously, is uh, – uh, I think they're better than one and two. So um, they were really competitive against Charlestown. Hick, they had uh, they had th- three drives that, that, that uh, they were stopped on fourth down inside the Charlestown five. So, you know, if they could have scored on one or two of those, it, it, that could have been a one-score game against Charlestown. But uh, – you know, like you mentioned, they've got Robert Lamar, and uh, you know, anytime he touches the ball, he's a threat to to take it to the house, uh, which he did a couple times against Charlestown. He had touchdown, long touch, two long touchdown runs against the Pirates. So, you know, if if he can uh, if he can do that, you know, they they can be successful. Um, you know, this will really come down to I think which team throws the ball better because uh, you know uh, Clarksville can throw the ball. You know, Morgan Caps had a big game last week in the loss, but. Uh, you know, if Providence can throw the ball better, I think uh, I think I think they'll be able to come out on top. But that, you know, this game to me is a toss-up at this point. I think, uh, you know, I, I think either team could come out on top. I wouldn't be surprised if either team won. But you know, Providence is off to its, which is amazing to me, the first two and zero start they've had in in 15 years. But you know, you go back and you think, you know, they used to play New Albany the first game every year, and you know, so. It, it makes sense, but still, you know, two and zero for the first time in fifteen years. So, uh, hats off to Providence on that start. Absolutely, uh, yeah. I think it'd be a great game Friday night. All right, Josh, I want to talk a little baseball with you. We uh, had a big commitment over the weekend from Cole Hewitt, who's just a sophomore. He's only played one year of high school baseball so far and will play again for the Pioneers, obviously, later this spring. He committed to ACC Virginia, Division I baseball. It's amazing to me how young, especially in baseball, that these commitments occur. And it's also just amazing to me Uh, how good this area has been, how many Division I commitments we have and and have had in recent years. Uh, Just kind of a renaissance time for Southern Indiana high school baseball. Yeah, yeah. And, you you know, you mentioned Tucker before. You know, Tuck uh, obviously committed before he even played a high school baseball game. And then uh, you've got uh, Brett Denby at at Jeff. You know, he's committed. He's been a long-time commit, so – you know, a lot of these kids are just uh, getting it out of the way early, which you know, great for them if they can, if they can get that out of the way early, and then they can just concentrate on baseball for the rest of their their high school career. But uh, you know, it, it does. Uh, you know, again, it's a testament to baseball in Southern Indiana. You know, now we've got uh, with uh, Tim Borden the second, who's just absolutely tearing it up. You know, now we've got like five kids in the in the minor league system uh, um, from Clark and Floyd County. So. Um, you know that's that's great to see, and uh, yeah, t- Tim Borden. I think he hit another home run last night, so he's got wow. I think six. Yeah, so 
So he, uh, I think it was a two-run shot last night, and then he hit a grand slam on Sunday. So uh, he is he is absolutely raking. So that's uh, that's great for him. And you know, congrats to him. He's been uh, at this point he's a 16th round pick. He's looking like a steal. So we'll, hopefully he continues that uh, his ascension. You know, I don't know if he'll make it up to Double A within the last week of the season, but hopefully he'll continue that next year when uh, when the season starts. Absolutely. All right, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. A lot of the things we talk about each week you could also read about uh, at newsandtribune.com slash sports and in the print edition of the News and Tribune each day. Josh, thanks. I know you're running crazy with football on Fridays and volleyball and soccer and so much other stuff through the weekend. The weekend, we appreciate your work. Heck yeah, it's a busy time, but it's a fun time. Thanks. I uh, appreciate it as always, Matt. Thanks so much and have a great day. Absolutely. Josh Cook with us on uh, this Wednesday program, always with us here midweek to talk a little local sports. That's going to wrap things up here on this show. Uh, Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, A plug if you missed the live show, uh, don't forget to check us out as a podcast. You can always find us wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. And we'll be back with you on Thursday. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall will join. We're going to talk more high school football for week four and plenty more. So join us tomorrow. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.